Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another wonderful edition of Weekly Roundup with Reiki, the first episode of 2023 and our 17th episode. And I am beyond excited to share what I'm going to share with you today. As we all know, this is an initiative that I started last year with the goal to educate our community not just about our project and the updates, but also on the general market so that we are not either overly optimistic or overly pessimistic given the situation. So with that, I would like to get started with updates from the side of our project. As you know, 2023, and what I really want to do today is going to be a little different. So, you know, I walk through updates. I tell you everything about what's going on from last week to this week. What I want to do today is do a little bit of recap, and I'm going to do that for the general market. But just as a general recap of everything that has been accomplished um, in such, uh, it's a, it's been a pretty good duration of time that we've done this. So we we not only launched as a project during the bear market and the challenges that come with launching during a bear market is you don't build up that strong of a treasury and a lot of projects that minted during a bear market most of them are not around anymore and there's a very specific reason for that to happen in order to be successful with a limited treasury you got to do a lot of things right and you have to measure twice and cut once. There's no room for error. You have to be very deliberate. You have to learn from your mistakes before making them. And you have to always, always, always negotiate for the best deals that you can find, no matter what you do. And sadly, projects that minted during the bear market, that kind of spoiled it for most people because there was so much money flowing around in the space in 2020 and even early 2021 that most people just didn't appreciate that there's crypto winters that happen. It took down a lot of companies. We all know what's what happened with FTX. We're not going to go into that. But I wanted to assure you that They've been here for about six months or more, and we're showing no signs of stopping. As you know, we just launched our beta platform, TCFX, for crowdfunding. You all have the opportunity to go listen to the updates. We're going to go into this uh, here in a second, but I wanted to take the first few minutes to just appreciate each and every one of you that have continuously shown your faith and supported this incredible project. If you haven't come to understand one thing about the project that I really want you to just know is we are firm believers in attention to detail. If you look at the collection, if you look at the work, if you look at the rarity tool, if you look at the crowdfunding platform, as we keep delivering utility, as promised in the roadmap, you will see that the work that is put out is top-notch and industry-leading. There's no cutting corners. If there's something that requires three days to work, we'll work 18-hour days and try to do it in two. And that's the key to success. Sure, it'll feel nice. It'll be nice to be able to 
build a strong floor and all the fun things that projects boast about, but we're not about that stuff. We're building a business. We're building utility. We're building a product that can generate revenue. And one thing that we've learned in this bear market is if you don't have a product that generates revenue, you're probably going to have a hard time sticking around for the long run. With that, I would like to start off with our project updates. As you all know, we had our end of the year town hall with our founders. And I shared this with the community in the last update in 2022 that that is a town hall you do not want to miss. And it was for good reasons because the people that were there and it is recorded so people that couldn't um, attend because I know they had to prepone it by an hour because of real life. Uh, things that are working on, Alpha Leon is uh, having to help out with uh, his family business with the restaurant. It has been a lot more busy than they expected, which is good. Um, and it's just incredibly um, difficult for them right now. Even then, they're there for the community and making sure that things get taken care of. That is called commitment. So um, these are the signs of good quality projects, guys. If something is promised, it happens. It could be delayed a little, but if it's delayed, why is it delayed? Like there's communication around everything. So the town hall took place last week. And here's some of the things that were discussed during the town hall. Our co-founders officially revealed the beta platform for TCFX. And you guys have known the name of the crowdfunding platform for a while. We've released the branding, the thought process behind the name, the branding, everything. And we promised that before the end of the year. And we delivered that. So that is something to be extremely, extremely proud of. It is not easy to develop such a complicated system in such a short time in such quality detail. Um, so those that do not realize the potential of what has happened because um, they're chasing floor prices and stuff, they don't know that when the bull market comes around and you have actual product generating revenue, pitching the project to people is going to be a cakewalk because we don't have to speak for ourselves. The work and the product speaks for itself. Um, then the founders went on to talk about the potential of crowdfunding and tokenization of uh, securities and that industry. If you are not bullish on that, you haven't done enough reading, this industry is going to blow up in the next five to 10 years. Everybody is talking about tokenization of securities and real life assets brought onto the blockchain. Fidelity brought it up. BlackRock's talking about it. Literally all the trillion dollar asset under management companies are talking about it. So we're early on this. We're positioned for this. And our founders moving back to Switzerland and building connections back home uh, with the industry there and the ecosystem getting involved there is going to be incredible. Next thing they talked about was um, something that we have talked about for a while is the registration of the company where TCFX or the, the parent company that is going to have TCFX and Metalion Society under its umbrella, where are we going to register that? So that's something that 
uh, has required a lot of research. And so if you remember some of the weekly roundups from last year, where I mentioned that these guys are meeting with lawyers on a daily basis and doing a lot of research, that is the work that goes into ensuring that you not only find the best possible place where you can grow the business and what you're trying to do in crypto industry, but also to ensure that you can do it at a minimum amount of costs. If you have worked with lawyers, you would know that that stuff costs a lot of money and we don't have that kind of money. So some of the things that people don't think about is then how are these guys doing all these things with a limited treasury? Guys, it's called being creative. It's called being hungry to make things happen. There's ways to negotiate certain things to get what you need at a very limited budget. We have seen this in everything, like the way we've been able to deliver the platform, that we've been able to get the collection out. Everything has been very cost effective. There's no debt in the company and people don't realize how big that is. And that's the value. That is the value proposition. Never will there be any, well, can't say never because it's required for growth at some point in the next five to 10 years. But the main purpose or the main value system that has been driving the project is very simple. Always think about delivering value in the most efficient manner, being extremely responsible with your funds. And that is some of the hardest things to do in this market. If you have seen, if you've learned anything from all the collapses, but seen the last few months. Um, so the founders talked about why they finalized Switzerland. And if you, if you want to look into that, just go watch the video. It's very informative. They talk about uh, why they chose Switzerland over Monaco and Dubai, which they were considering previously, because both were very lucrative options, to be honest. Um, but strategically, it made more sense for them to set everything up in Switzerland. Um, then they went into the costs that are related to registering the company and the legal fees that come with that. Um, and this is why transparency is very important, guys, because if you don't know how much goes into doing some of this stuff, you you can't really understand how much works getting into this and how much funds are required, right? So it was important to get the product out because then you can make have a better argument or a better you can have a better conversation with people when you have an actual product rather than just an idea of a product. Um, so the next part is they mention the problem, which is the cost of registering the company and legal fees. Then they go into the different options that they have to cover these costs. So this is why this town hall is so important. All these things need to be known or need to be like known by the community because if you don't understand the problem, if you don't understand the options that are being provided, like the community's purpose, not just to champion the project, but it's also, it's your responsibility as a community member. And it's my responsibility as a community leader to let you know that you are responsible for the decisions. And this is why I love this space because there's no like one person sitting behind a closed room taking all the decisions. It's it's a community decision. We can come up with the strategies all day long, but at the end of the day, we need your inputs to uh, 
to move forward. So we are always going to do what's best for the community and what we determine. So um, it is essential that we educate ourselves on these um, pieces of information. Then they also talked about the crowdfunding platform itself. So they showed the website and the different aspects to the website. But what they also talked about was um, the crowdfunding platform itself. So the different features that are in that crowdfunding platform. And those are videos that are already posted um, on, on in our Discord. And those are extremely informative. I took the time over the last weekend to actually go through those videos. And oh my God, is this platform incredible how detailed the platform is and how easy it would be for people to set up their accounts and go through with creating their tokens and setting up the different permissions and everything and going through with the token offering it's it's incredible so kudos to the development team kudos to these guys for coming up with the strategy behind this project and kudos to talium assets for being our tokenization partner and they have definitely um, made this possible and made this possible to be developed in such a short period of time, uh, providing that technology. So it, it's been incredible. If you haven't, again, I will remind you, if you haven't watched the, first of all, the video of the town hall, then if you haven't watched the crowdfunding platform walkthrough video, which again, takes a lot of time and effort to do, they didn't have to do it. They could be like, Hey, here's the platform. Here's some screenshots because we're not going to be the target customers, but they did it because they wanted the community to know that this is what we're putting out there. Right? So it's all about transparency. Um, then I want to talk about our Christmas exchange, Leon, um, Leon program. Again, Jenny and Reed did an incredible job. They came out with a fun way to uh, do a little um, giveaway. And the giveaway was that people amongst all the people that participated in the Christmas exchange program, um, they were all sent back um, an NFT from the whole collection um, of everybody that gave their NFT. So hopefully everybody got theirs. If you haven't, open up a ticket. But I believe everybody has gotten their NFT. So thank you for participating and making it a success. We had over 10 people participate, which was incredible. And uh, not to put her in the spot, but uh, basically we said that everybody that participated would be entered into a raffle to win a Leon from the treasury. And Sister Blockchain, apparently, if uh, you don't know, she's been very prominent in the community lately. She's uh, been very giving, very kind embodies the Leon family values perfectly. She's such a perfect fit. Uh, she donated two of her NFTs to this giveaway. She didn't have to. And luckily she won. Um, so it's like a little karma thing, right? If you do good, you get good. So she earned her uh, random draw, Leon. So um, yeah, uh, when we do events and when we try to come up with things all we ask for from the community is is just take a second and participate it doesn't hurt it's it's just we do it for you and i know the market everybody's sad but 
we can change that, but what we can change is our attitude towards things. And if you see us working day in and day out, and if you see our head Leons doing such incredible work with the events and the community, all we ask for is a little participation and showing the love for each other and supporting each other through participation. And maybe while you do it, you have some fun, right? Maybe that changes your mood for the day. Maybe you're having a crappy day and you enter an event and now all of a sudden you're having fun and it changes your whole day. So, yeah, that's my little plug for um, encouraging everybody. Uh, 2023 is a new year and I want you to just forget about 2022, what it was. Start with a new, fresh approach. Bring a little bit of energy into the space because the space is what you make it. If eight out of 10 people say that crypto's dead that's probably dead but if eight out of ten people say i don't care what the price does but i i'm going to educate myself no matter what and how i feel and keep doing it until i feel better now that changes everything so think of yourself as more important than you think every person in the community has the power of changing things one tweet one tweet from the bottom of your heart saying why you appreciate being part of this community. Why do you feel proud of being a Leon? Changes the world. Doesn't hurt. Makes you feel better about what you're doing. And also encourages you to stay up to date because if you're putting your, your brand behind something, you're definitely going to put in the work to educate yourself about it, right? Um, then I want to announce um, the winner of the month one. So last month was the first month we did the whole new revamp of our gaming and reward system for gaming and the new coin system. So again, kudos to Reed for handling all of that. And the winner of our first month of the revamp of Leon events is Hurry NFT. I know he had to go to bed because um, of the time zone, but uh, really glad to have Hurry. He's He's been pretty involved with uh, a lot of our events. Really nice to see that. So if you like winning Leons and if you like getting Leons and you like your Leons, play play games. Have fun. Literally, you get Leons for having fun. You Really, there's nothing better. Uh, a new month has started. The coins have been reset. So now is your opportunity to earn those coins and win the Leon for next month. Okay, that is all I had for our project. Time to talk about the market. So as I talked about a little roundup and recap of 2022 for um, our project, I wanted to do the same for the market. I do not plan on bringing any new news today. My whole purpose today is to just give you a quick roundup of adoption in 2022. And I know there's been so many incredible pieces of news. And if you, if you missed any of my updates, go back and listen to them. You will hear about the ones that I'll probably miss today. But I try to cover the major ones that I thought were extremely important in 2022. If you look at just the price, yes, it was depressing. But I don't give a crap about price. I care about adoption. I care about, I care about technology growth. I care about people actually having life-changing experiences because of this technology, their life's getting better. So that's what we're going to talk about. 
2022, Polygon hit over 200 million unique addresses in 2022, despite the bear market. That is huge for multiple reasons, because we heard from me for the past few updates that Polygon has been on fire. They have been partnering with incredible giant businesses and helping them onboard them onto Web3. And these businesses are going to be around. They're jumping into the next phase of technology. So 200 million is a solid start, but I know that there's so much more to do. We got to hit our first billion wallets pretty soon here. And I think it's going to happen in the next couple of years. Major brands, IRL brands continue to enter Web3 through NFTs and Metaverse. Nike launched its Metaverse and NFT initiative called Swoosh. We all talked about that mid-year last year. Adidas released its line of virtual gear and clothing. Reebok filed for trademarks in Web3 space. BMW applied for trademarks in the Web3 space. It's been incredible. All these giant brands are just going nuts in Web3. Um, talking about Ethereum, the total volume of staked Ether continued to increase over 2022. So from, I believe, 9 million last year, it is now up to 13 million Ethereum, which is now locked up in the staking contract for ETH, uh, which is now called the beacon chain. Well, Ethereum is not proof of stake and not proof of work anymore. So you actually stake your Ethereum to validate transactions instead of running a mining rig, which used to be not energy efficient and bad for the environment and just overall bad tokenomics. Another thing, so that 13 million that is locked up is actually 15% of the total supply of Ethereum. And that's a huge number. And here's my prediction. Sometime in March, and when we went live with the merge in 2022, they did say that the next upgrade is going to be the Shanghai upgrade. And they're going to try to allow people and this feature is going to come out to allow people that stake their Ethereum in the staking contract to be able to withdraw their Ethereum. So if that's true and they can hit that milestone, so about around March, people would be able to take their staked Ethereum out. And now a lot of people have a lot of opinions about how things are going to go. And most people think it's going to be a major Ethereum dump because everybody that has been staking for the last couple of years and they didn't know when they could take their Ethereum out are going to dump on the market when they get their ETH. I do not think that's going to happen. Sure, there'll be some people that will sell some of their profits. I get that. But what this, this is going to do is a lot of institutional investors, a lot of these banks, if you think about it, a lot of these banks and major investors are struggling to find yields in the market, like risk-free 3 to 4% returns. And when they see this upgrade go through and they know they can take out their money whenever they want, I think more institutional money is going to just flow into this staking contract. And I really feel by the end of 2023, uh, and I hope I'm right, Ethereum will hit like 40% total supply of Ethereum locked up. And you know what that what that would do to the price. And I'm not going to talk about the price, but 
another thing that's going to happen is happening really good. Like Ethereum is on fire, by the way, with EIP 1559. Um, if you remember, which happened before the merge, ETH went deflationary. So that means the Ethereum supply, because inflation, inflation is a thing in Ethereum. There's more Ethereum that gets generated over time than so. Bitcoin is like fixed. It's like 21 million, never more than that. Ethereum is inflationary. There's more and more Ethereum that comes into supply. But with EIP 1559, Ethereum that is generated gets burnt. The the fees that get, gets paid for transactions gets burnt. So if Ethereum continues to get adopted and there's usage in the system, people are using it, paying the fees, ETH gets burnt. So someone did an analysis that prior to EIP 1559, if there was no 1559 this year, ETH would have, Ethereum supply would have increased by 450,000 ETH. But you know what it actually increased by this year? 4,500. So instead of 450,000 ETH being added to the supply, only 4,500 ETH was added to the supply. And this is in a bear market when ETH gas fees were super low. Now imagine the bull market. There's going to be more ETH that is burnt than generated. So the supply of ETH will actually reduce. And there's a beautiful website that I really like. It's called ultrasound.money. You can go on that website and sim stimulate, like simulate these numbers. You can test like prior to EIP 1559 and after that. So it'll show you like a nice graph of how all this works. Okay, now that we talked about Ethereum, um, let's talk about Meta. I know Meta prior like Facebook back in the day, they made, made a huge bet on the metaverse, and that's why they named themselves Meta. That didn't work out for them. But what they have been doing, though, is they have understood by the end of 2022 that there's no way that the metaverse or the NFT space or Web3 in general is going to be permissioned and closed-walled. So what did they do? They integrated NFTs into Instagram, partnering with Ethereum and Polygon. They know that they have to bridge to public blockchains, permissionless public blockchains. All the private companies know that the world is moving into the direction of permissionless. And that is how, that is how adoption works. It's pretty simple. Telephones got disrupted by the internet for the same reason. Internet is public. Anyone can hop onto the internet and develop apps on it. You don't need to call anyone to ask for permissions to make an app on the internet. Same thing with finance. Right now, if you want to make an app for JP Morgan, can you, can you really just make an app and push it live? No, you can't. You have to call JP Morgan, get their permission, and most probably they're going to say no. But crypto, you could sit in your basement, you can be out in, on a, in a park, 
coding the next DeFi app and nobody could do anything about it. That's the future. And money and adoption moves in the direction of least resistance. And there's a ton of resistance in traditional banking. And they know that. And Web2 knows that. So they're all bridging to public blockchains. Because once you're free, you don't want to be in a cage anymore. Traditional banking, cage. Web2, cage. All stuck between a, behind a username and password. And nobody's got the time anymore. Once you use MetaMask and you can go to any app and just click one button and sign in without needing to create an account, give them your social security number, give, tell them that you're 18, no one has that time anymore. So it's about when, it's not about if. I keep saying that. Starbucks, we talked about it last year. If you go to their website, if you literally Google Starbucks Odyssey, their loyalty program is going to be based on Polygon. And you know what the best part about that is? They advertise on their website saying you do not need a crypto account because they know a bunch of people are going to be worried like, oh, how do I get a crypto account? We know that doesn't even mean anything. It's a crypto wallet, not an account. So they're, they're being sly about it. They're not telling people that you need a blockchain like wallet address. They're just going to make it for them. And we don't care. As long as people are getting into NFTs and Web3, we talked about that in the past. People that use the internet on a daily basis do not care how their information gets served up to a server and how they get, that re how they get their request back. You just go to google.com and you see Google's homepage. That's all you care about. Same thing with crypto. If I want an NFT, you think people that, brought, that bought um, Trump's NFTs actually give a shit about wallets? Actually give a shit about permissionless blockchains? No. But do they own an NFT? Yeah. They whipped out their credit card, went to MoonPay, paid the amount, got their Trump NFT, and they're good. They got what they wanted. They on they got onboarded to Web3, and they don't know. And that's the best way to get technology adoption. Previous United States president launching an NFT collection. That's the best way to end a 20, <laughs> best way to end 2022. I don't care where you stand with your political. I don't care where I stand with my political thing. I just care for the technology. And that is a statement. It doesn't go more mainstream than that. Uh, next up, we're talking about adoption. We all know what Reddit did. They onboarded 5 million users to Web3 without them even realizing. So that was incredible. Reddit users got to mint their NFT avatars without getting to know that. And they accidentally made Reddit the best NFT marketplace for a long time and literally destroyed uh, all the other competition. Like OpenSea wasn't even close to the volume that these guys were doing on just one collection, which is the avatars. It was crazy. Um, VC money continues to pour into Web3. Animoca Brands, uh, they created a multi-billion dollar fund to invest in the metaverse. That all happened in 2022. Daesong Private Equity, which is 
a equity investment group out of South Korea. They created a about $84 million fund to directly invest in metaverse initiatives. Uh, next up, we have some banking partnerships. JP Morgan, which everybody knows, a traditional bank, partnered with Ripple Powered Al Fardan Exchange. And Ripple, if you do not know, is a US private company which uses the XRP ledger, which is a public ledger, to facilitate cross-border payments. So they have a product called ODL, which is called on-demand liquidity. Uh, what it does, it helps banks transfer money across borders in a frictionless manner at a, at a very small cost, fraction of a penny cost, and within minutes. So you know how cross-border payments can sometimes take three to five days. So that's not the case anymore. So JP Morgan partnered with a Ripple-powered, a blockchain-powered company to facilitate transfer fast international border transactions between U.S. and the UAE. It's a big corridor. A lot of money moves between these two countries. So that is huge. A giant bank partnering with a blockchain company. Luxury jewelry company Tiffany entered the NFT space. They launched an NFT collection called NFTF. I will let you guys guess what the uh, launch price was for each NFT. They had a total of 250 of these NFTs, which I think gave you like access to like a physical uh, jewelry piece as well. They had 250 of these priced at 30 ETH. Uh, when they launched. So that was about $36,000. Um, the other piece I had was the legislative update. So that's one thing we haven't talked about. Um, legislation plays a huge important a huge role in adoption of any piece of technology. Internet didn't go mainstream until they had pro-internet regulation. I know there were two bills floating in Congress around that time. I mean, I wasn't old enough to even understand what legislation was, but I was doing some research and there were two parallel bills that are floating. One was the one that got passed, which makes internet what it is today. The other one that was an anti-internet bill was being floated. And all it said was in order to connect to the internet, the average American would have to apply for a license to connect to the internet. Now imagine if today, that in a parallel universe, if that bill would have passed, would the internet be what it is today? Would we have the companies that we have today? Would we have the adoption that we have today? Same thing's happening with crypto right now. There's pro-crypto regulation being floated in Congress, and there's anti-crypto regulation that is being floated in Congress. It's nothing new. It's something that has happened in the history of mankind for the longest period of time. People that tell you that legislation is going to kill crypto, crypto cannot be killed. There's technologies that can never die. For example, I don't know how many people know about this, but back in the day, and when I say back in the day, in the early 1800s, in the Industrial Revolution, UK was actually the pioneer of automotive industry. 
the first cars were built in the UK. US market didn't even exist around that time. The challenge was the horse cart, they had an association or they had a union. They paid off the politicians to pass a regulation that literally killed the car industry in the UK. The regulation said that for any car, there needs to be three people involved at any point. And you can look this up. I forgot what the bill's called, but if you look it up, uh, UK 1800 car regulation, something like that, you can look it up. Um, so the regulation said for a car to be on the street and being driven, there need to be three people involved. Number one, the driver, who's gonna be at the driver's seat driving the car. Number two, the person sitting next to him in the car at all times is an engineer. That person will have to be there every time the driver drives the car. If the car breaks down, he gets out, fixes the car. The third person, and this is the most hilarious part, the third person has to be this guy standing outside and walking or running in front of the car with a red flag waving to people that a car is coming so that they don't get hit by a car. And you think this is the funny part. Oh no, the funny part is there were speed limits on the cars. The speed limit for a car in the city was four miles per hour. I said four, four miles per hour, okay? And you think that's funny. Countryside speed limits for cars was two miles per hour. Now imagine the situation, guy in front of the car, walking around with a red flag telling people a car's coming. Nobody's going to use the car. It becomes practically useless. You can't compete with a horse cart with that regulation. So what happened then? Regulation killed the car industry in the UK. But what happened? Did cars stop to exist? Are we all using bullet carts now? No, we have cars. US took that opportunity and Henry Ford built the car industry in the US because they had pro car regulations. Don't you think the same thing's gonna happen with crypto? The countries that will have anti-crypto laws are just gonna be left behind and the countries that are pro crypto laws are just gonna move ahead. Technology always finds the path of re least resistance. It can never be stopped. It has never been stopped. It will never be stopped people that don't understand it are always going to be around people that are scared of it are always going to be around but technology finds a way you can slow the process but it's inevitable it just happens so talking about legislation in 2022 brazil congress if you remember right at the end of the year they passed this regulation stating that all crypto payments for day-to-day -day purposes would be legal so you can actually use, and let me clarify, they did not declare Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency as a legal tender, so they can't compete with their currency, but yes, they're legal to be used to pay for goods. So you can use crypto to pay for things, but it's not a currency. It's a weird thing, but you can use your crypto to go buy your groceries or whatever you like. So that's huge. And Brazil's been doing some incredible work. Um, 
with their regulations and adoption of crypto. Uh, there's work being done in the CDBC section. They're working out some regulations to encourage more in-house development of crypto, building out smart cities around that. So it, it's a lot of work being done there. Um, second, the governor of Morocco's central bank has stated that he's having his department work on a comprehensive crypto framework for the country coming 2023. So that's going to be exciting observing that. Some of the other countries that have had some favorable regulations being worked on in 2022, which I, I have covered over the last year, are India, Germany, Australia, and the UK. There's a few more. Um, haven't named them, but a lot of work is happening all around the world. Um, and in the US, people are probably not aware. There's a few bills that are already under works that actually got talked about late 2022, but because of the FDX stuff, it all got sidetracked, but it will all come back in 2023. And I predict, and I'm not big on predictions, but I'm feeling like crystal ball in front of me and trying to predict stuff. But I do feel like we're going to get some crypto regulation in 2023. And when I say some crypto regulations, I think it's a guarantee. And I, I think it's a guarantee. I feel very confident that we will at least get stable coin regulation in 2023. Not the whole crypto industry will get bits and pieces. I think stable coin would be number one agenda on the Congress's table because that has direct impact on to onboarding and offboarding people from the crypto industry and how it works with the US dollar and all that and the CDBC pilots that are being worked on and how that's going to play into that. Um, so that will be exciting. Chainalysis, which is a crypto analytics company, a lot of reputation behind these guys, they stated um, they did a report on crypto adoption and the highlights of the report were extremely staggering. Like I, I was blown away. The MENA region of the world. So MENA, if you haven't heard about it, politicians use this term all the time. It just stands for Middle East and North African region. So MENA is the fastest growing crypto adoption region. Last year alone, and I think this is between June 2021 and June 2022, MENA region received about $566 billion in crypto. That's $566 billion in crypto payments that were received by the MENA region. Number two was the Latin American region, which uh, ranked uh, at, I think it came in at 9.1% of the total payments. They accepted about $562 billion in crypto payments last year. Another thing that popped out was Vietnam, surprisingly, has been ranked as the world's largest crypto rate of adoption country for 2022. Uh, so that's pretty interesting because you know, it's a pretty small country and uh, a lot of infrastructure has like built up in that country over the last few decades. So it's pretty exciting stuff. Uh, that's kind of the highlights of a recap of everything that adoption related from 2022. 
I really wanted to take this time before we kick off 2023 to make sure we reflect on how far we've come. It's important to keep a balanced approach. And if I didn't have all these, and these are pieces of news that I might have missed a lot of big important pieces. And I know I did, but you can only cover so much in 30 minutes and I'm already over by a lot. But I wanted to make sure that you guys know that when you look at news and when you try to seek updates, your perspective is always going to be biased towards where you live. Like U.S. media is always going to feed you information from the U.S. media. It's like if FDX collapsed and Sam Bankman-Fried happened to be from the U.S., that's all you're going to hear about for the next three months. It's just how the world works. So my job is to seek all these updates and try to reach out to people that live in different parts of the world and see what's happening across the world. Who knew that who knew that the MENA region and the Latin American region had so much crypto adoption? It's insane what the world is doing. And we get kind of biased sometimes in the West because uh, we only hear about things that are happening in the West. So that is essential for us to keep listening in and keep updating ourselves. And that's what I try to do. I I know it it takes me a little bit of work to find these pieces, but I luckily enjoy doing that. And I love educating all of you about this stuff because a lot of incredible things are happening in the world. And it makes me bullish on this space in general because it's not just one country taking the lead on this. Every country is doing their little bit. Um, it's even crazier than the internet because a lot of internet adoption was just happening in the US. And look where the internet is today. And now think about crypto. All of these countries are working on this at the same time. And you're telling me that you're not excited about the space? We don't even know how crazy it's going to get in the next few years. Yes, making money is great. Yes, the price is going up feels great, right? Emotions, I get it. We're humans. We have emotions. We feel things. I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, don't feel emotions like those stupid motivational video people that charge $500 a chair and don't teach you anything. All those fake gurus out there. Sure, feel your emotions, take your time. But at the end of the day, I want you to know that even though we had a crappy year market-wise, there's so much I just told you about that we should be excited about. Adoption is off the charts. And with everything that has just happened, people are starting to understand that they need to hold their coins. They need to self-custody. And that is the whole point of crypto decentralization. And the more, more this happens, the easier it becomes for people to do that, the better it's going to be for the whole industry. It's killer 2022. 2023 is going to be even more awesome. I have no, I have no clue how crazy it's going to get, but I know for sure that if we delivered on all of our promises for last year, you better know that a lot is ready for you for the next year. So um, keep showing your love. Keep being nice to each other. Again, the markets are not doing great. So a lot of compassion, a lot of love, and keep educating yourself and showing up to these weekly roundups. 
we're in episode 17 guys like 17 weeks of this and we're not stopping anytime soon so make sure you do that make sure you do what a responsible person should be doing never sleep at the steering wheel this is a market where you really need to be updated at least on a weekly basis i don't expect you to be here on a daily basis i know a lot happens everybody's got lives and stuff but if you're not here on a weekly basis and not listening to this you are not doing yourself a service and everybody that misses out on this again we're gonna have this on spotify just like we always do but Listening live is different. You get to be up here. You get to ask questions. You get to talk to me. You get to talk to each other. You get to hear all the incredible things early on family members are doing. Again, kudos to Prism for all the wonderful work. A true builder right in our community doing some real crazy shit. And that's what we're all about, supporting each other, doing some cool stuff in Web3, making, making lives better. And sometimes just a sweet little tweet shouting out to someone in the community i don't know we had tons of fun just post something like hey thank you the so and so for that little chat we did like doesn't hurt be nice just spread love and i know i'm sounding like a hippie guru or something but it's late at night and i wanted to just show my appreciation for each and every one of you i never thought when i bought my first leon that i was going to be doing this. If you told me at the start of the year, yo, uh, I think you're going to be running a podcast and you're going to be the community leader for this project. And I'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I don't get the space. I don't know what NFTs are. That was me 2022 starting in 2022. So um, things change and you can make them change. If you listen to your heart, my heart said that this is something I want to get behind. I understand the people I understand what they're trying to do. I understand where they're coming from. And that is all that matters. Sometimes roadmap comes second. I get it. You can do all your research. Everybody's out there talking about DYOR. But at the end of the day, the first thing and the most important thing, if you can respect the value system that the founders are coming from if the founders were not transparent did not care for the community and did not work hard and were not competitive were not competent do you think any of this would have happened we could have built this incredible community in this bear market and mint in the bear market and still be around and be successful no this is not a coincidence the stars didn't just align it was a conscious decision every day to give back and build an actual company. This is the first one we did for 2023. And I wanted to make sure that we get to cover everything that we did. So you should be able to listen to the recording. A lot of good stuff to share. A lot of quality content. Um, so again, thank you, everybody. Appreciate you all. Wishing everybody a healthy successful and incredible 2023 i'm going to be around um and if you have any questions feel free to reach out to me i'll see everybody for the next one